listening to the two marks exclusively on the pod station. Listeners, to a new show brought to you by the two Marks. This time we're embarking on a vicarious journey of discovery through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hold on to your hats as we follow one person's experiences watching all 28 movies in chronological order. This episode we're reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Welcome to the Marvel Marathon and a little bit more. Let me introduce my friend and co-host Mr. Mark Pollard Alley. Hello. Hi mate, I've got a droopy mic. <laughs> Pardon? And that's not a euphemism either. But apart from that, I'm okay. <laughs> I've got some meds from the doctor. Good. So it's all good. Viagra? Yes. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, I hope not in those tight trousers. <laughs> I don't need them when I'm here with you. Oh, oh it's automatically just straight. You don't need any help on medication. Yes. Okay, let's go with that. Um, we're joined by our usual gegerina. We are. The Ishtar Pollard Alley that is the force to be reckoned with. Hello. Hi. Welcome back again. Thanks. I know, don't really ever leave, do I? No, because you've been here since it. last time we recorded. <laughs> I just have to keep moving you around. She just sleeps <laughs> under the desk. Well, I sh- the chairs have got wheels on them, so I just push her around the office when she gets under feet and uh, me rumba. I need to get a rumba. <laughs> you like an analogue rumba? Just pick a bit of rubbish up. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, we should explain what it is we do here. Obviously, we have the Two Marks show, which covers movies and TV shows, uh, generally of a geek nature. But we, we did recently, our last episode covered uh, Top Gun. It did. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't say that was geeky. Um, it's a bit more perhaps uh what's the word nostalgic yeah nostalgic and a bit more popular culture uh, but still um so yeah you can check all that out on the two marks uh, podcast channel which is on all the major podcast platforms which presumably you've already found if you're listening to this um you can check us out on social media we're on instagram facebook and um twitter um and if you do all of those things you will find that this particular genre of our channel is the marvel rewatch uh where ish who was um a marvel noob i would probably say 12 movies in it's just a noob she's less of a noob <laughs> thank you Latham. uh so y- you hadn't watched any of the marvel movies had you no other than a couple but not really in detail you're watching them with family who are six years old doesn't count yeah, yeah. you watch them with your nieces and nephews without really paying any attention, attention. yeah because yeah. i picked stuff up in this film that i hadn't seen before even though this is one of the films that i'd seen a couple of times before and you watched the loki series thoroughly enjoyed it Did. and suddenly realized well at our persuasion that you wanted to go back and watch it from the beginning so that is what we're doing and we're watching all of the marvel movies in time chronological order so not release order but in the order that they fit on the marvel timeline so to speak yeah (laughs) well you have to you have to explain because if you go on disney there's about 15 there's there's about 15 different chronological anyway every time we do this you have a go at me saying the same thing but then proceed to spend 15 minutes explaining the word chronological Nobody likes him. <laughs> anyway, we don't do any spoilers no. in the film. So Mark, Mark and I, who have seen all of these movies, um, 
aim to not spoil any of the films going forward because A, we'd be spoiling it for Ish and B, if you're listening to this you might be either embarking on your journey or maybe doing a rewatch. so we're, we're trying to make sure that you can enjoy this experience as though it were your first time um, it does require a lot of editing posts because Mark um, comes up with lots of useful information and tidbits uh, which turn out to be spoiler terrific so I, I sit here going when it comes to the, the stats and facts information that, that Mark has diligently <laughs> diligently put together I sit there going no that can't go in no that can't go in I'm hoping we'll get to a threshold point where I can oh, oh that's hope. right the end <laughs> <laughs> well when is the end because no sooner do we do these films they bring out another well uh, next week in fact isn't it is it the 6th of July yeah is that Thor yeah yeah, and obviously there's been Miss Marvel and uh, Moon Knight, which have come since we've re-embarked on our journey because there was a small pause uh, whilst life got in the way. Uh, and we're now, so we do the Marvel rewatch ones and we release them every fortnight. And the alternative weeks, me and Mark just do some stuff for shits and giggles. <laughs> well, mainly just shits. Yeah. Because we're not that funny. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what are we covering today? Which which one is it? And obviously, it's a refer back to intro. God in the galaxy, <laughs> every <you> time. <laughs> it's as if you're asleep. Your brain is too busy abusing me for my intro to listen to the intro. I feel like that's which not. Adds, yeah, it is. Doesn't add value to the intro when yeah. you've not known. What He's the not intro. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, I don't listen to it because he keeps on saying the Marvel marathon. Oh, and you switch not, off because yeah, yeah, oh, it, okay. it just irritates me, and it shouldn't. Uh, so we are doing Guardians of the Galaxy 2 here which in the timeline is immediately after Guardians of the Galaxy yeah now obviously up to this point we've watched uh, the first Iron Man movie and there's been a couple as a break and then there's been the second Iron and then a couple more and then the third Iron Man whereas here we've gone straight from Guardians of the Galaxy 1 straight into Guardians of the Galaxy 2 ironically ish these are both the films that you had actually Mm. watched yeah, and I love I love the fact that it was one after the other because it was I love Guardians of the Galaxy one so I thoroughly enjoyed Volume Two. Do you remember what you gave it out of ten? One. You gave it one. No, Volume One I gave ten out of ten. Right. Yeah. And what did you give it, Latham? Eight. So it was going to be a seven, and I said the eight because of the nostalgia. Okay. Where do we do, just as an initial? Think well. I suppose we shouldn't really go down that line of questions. This is a major spoiler, Thanks isn't it? Thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week. Yeah. <laughs> the shortest podcast. We, ever. we all hate it. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, where should we start here? I mean, I think the beginning's always the best way. I know Ishtar's notes seem to start at the end and then somehow work to the middle and then go back to the beginning. Have you made notes? I have made notes. Would you like to go <clears> by <throat> your notes? We we can go by my notes a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for me, the starting point is the opening creds. Because what a battle scene that is with little Groot just chilling and dancing and all this shit's going on in the background while this alien's trying to get the power source. I mean, it is it is an amazing one, but I feel you've already missed out on the actual opening scene. Which is? Well, it's the de-aged uh, Kurt Russell. Oh, right, okay. Which, was this the first film where they'd actually done the de-aging? 
No, not, because not in they've done, order, it, with, they've done um, it with so many others. Well, they did it with... What's his face? They did it in Ant-Man, Ant-Man 2. Ant-Man. But did Ant-Man 2... They did it with Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Did they? Yeah. When he's doing his flashback to his parents leaving for the last time he sees them, that's what... Yeah, but that would... No, that, Samuel L. Jackson's character, they did it as well. In Marvel, I think. God, but not much, because you know what they say. Yeah. But they didn't... Yeah, but we're talking about time chronological. In terms of release orders, I would probably say this is the first film where they released well, yeah. that. But it's not, though, is it? Because Captain Marvel we did at the very, very beginning. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's time chronological. I'm talking about release date. Or oh, was that Civil War? It wasn't. Robert Downey Jr.'s character? It's Civil War. The hologram thing at the beginning where he's talking to all those students in that thing. Yeah, that's not happened does yet. That, does that happen that's, before? That's Civil War. Okay. I think so. No, uh, I'm AMDB. just checking. <laughs> no, actually, you're right. Civil War was released before Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Which is surprising. I didn't realise that the film was actually released so much later in the cinemas. Because this storyline is so detached from the actual Marvel Universe thread, really, I suppose you could just slot it in anywhere, couldn't you? That's why I've enjoyed, I enjoyed this film so much, I think, because I didn't have a big context on Marvel, uh, on Marvel before this film. And so when this came out, it was funny, that the whole Guardians thing was funny and it was you know, entertaining in a very different way. And that's why I loved it and I kind of kept watching it. All I will say is enjoy the funniness while you can. <laughs> Before everyone starts dying. Well, it's just because what Mark has established with the timeline in terms of release date, the reason why Guardians did come late is because it's, it's gearing up towards which we can't talk. I think in the release date, the things are now gearing towards the culmination of what all these phases have been. Right without trying to give too much away. So in the whole release date, it makes sense that they are later on. Mm. But it's a fantastic storyline, this storyline. The team is really interesting. Each character has a really interesting backstory and you just grow to love each of them from volume one. So I was really intrigued about how that would develop in volume two. Well, as we've now established that the Kurt Russell de-aging effect is old news, nobody cares. Well, let's go back to that. We've jumped around. No, no, no. You you all dismissed my suggestion that it was amazing. I mean, it did look good. Well, we didn't dismiss you idea we just knew it wasn't new to the whole mcu because mcu have done it pretty good before yeah. however with regard to your point which is a valid point they didn't need to do much de-aging from what i've been led to believe from reading articles and listening to special effects people Why? how is that just because he looks that young yeah apart from um paul rudd apart from paul rudd looking like he's been the same since 1985 he really has you know yeah that guy has not changed. No. It's amazing. Your basement's flooded. <laughs> but he hasn't Later. he hasn't got he hasn't got any older. However, with Kurt Russell, apparently makeup artists said all they needed to do was a little bit of makeup, a few uh, prosthetics and lighting and made him look like a Garnier advert. Nice. Which is cool, isn't it? And then obviously with Samuel L. Jackson in Captain Marvel. Mm. That, that shit doesn't change. But yes, I, I take your point. Um, Calvin Harris, not Calvin Harris, what's his name? Kurt Russell. <laughs> Calvin Harris. Um, Who's not a sponsor? Moving swiftly on to your group scene. Yeah, it was really cute. I mean, this is our introduction to Baby Groot, or Groot the second. Yeah. As you destroyed my entire universe in the last episode. Sorry. Because Mark explained that the Groot in the first one did die, and that's a seedling from 
Groot, so that's his offspring, baby. his yeah. baby, as it were. So this is a completely different Groot, which destroyed me because I just thought it was the same Groot who just re was reborn. But it, it turns out this is an entirely new Groot, which is good for me because it means I get to rank two Groots in my top ten. Well, have you ever ranked two Groots? <laughs> That's a, that's a sentence the, I didn't think I was going to say before. Not at the same time. Well, you get to fall in love with Baby Groot because oh. he's so cute the whole way through this film. He is, though, isn't he? Oh well, from a merchandise point of view, Disney have done it, done it proud. Oh, how, how many people went out and bought Baby Groot? Because oh, you don't strike me as a, a cutesy person. Well, like, in fact, I say you don't strike. Me. I know for a fact you aren't a cutesy person. Did you find did? Yes, get under was. your skin a little bit. No, I liked, I liked it. I quite thought, I thought the fact that he is, he's a sociopath. <laughs> he's no, he's dead cute, isn't he? Yeah. But he will batter you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's got some anger issues. Yeah. I mean, literally. I mean, it's cute because he's got like a little uniform now, and obviously you can like it's like the Ken dolls and that you could dress them up, couldn't you? Yeah. He's one of them, but he's wicked with a weapon system, isn't he? He's funny. I think you should have a little baby group in your office, Latham. Is that because you want plants in my office? No, I just think it would be a cutesy thing to have. But in a way, get a plant in my office, doesn't it? Because it's (laughs) a fucking tree. (laughs) No. I thought you were going somewhere else when you said, I think you should have a baby group. I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure I can do that. No, I need someone else for that purpose. I, if, I would if you'd get. like to volunteer, it's the two marks of the podstation.co.uk. Yes. We're also starting a GoFundMe page. <laughs> and also the competition of can you name your baby Groot? <laughs> because you wouldn't have to teach it anything. Because if you can teach it to say I am Groot for the entire time of its Done. life, Done. how good is that? Yeah. Your parenting's finished. Yep. When round here. Uh, he was incredibly cute. He was. And it's pretty amazing how they've managed to make a CGI tree. One of the top favorite cartoon, the cartoon top favorite characters in this film, along with R- R- Rocket Raccoon, who's also CGI. Yeah, because I know the whole cast as an ensemble is pretty powerful, isn't it? And a, and a great collection of characters. But all the fans love Rocket Raccoon and Groot. I mean, I wonder what Vin Diesel's going to do after the Fast and the Furious franchise uh, finishes. I mean, just to just to uh, emphasise that in my top ten from last time, I had Rocket as number one mm. and Groot as number four. Yeah. So, uh, in the top ten of my favourite all-time Marvel characters, two of them literally don't exist. There is no physical no representation. You may as well have two ghosts in your top ten. I know. The gold people are they asexual? Well, they don't know. They, they, or be well, gay. they well, create them in a hub or an egg or something, don't they? Yeah, they grow them in a pot. And I've got an Easter egg about off. that. Do you want me to tell you the sovereign you're talking about? Yeah, the yeah. sovereign. So the person you're talking about is Aisha. Yes. Which I thought was um, an R&B singer on Britain's Got Talent. So she was the um, she was the perfect perfect specimen that was created to be. Yes, she was. Um, to be the perfect specimen by the Enclave. Okay. However, so there's a little bit of a. A little bit of an allegory type thing in regards to being a little bit biblical. So she was the first female created by the Enclave. However, they did do a second attempt because it didn't quite work out the first time. Women. Um, and created a man who was the second attempt, technically, called Adam. All right. Yeah, which I'll which expand is a upon. post-credit thing at the end, yeah. which we'll come back to. Yeah. Well, this character this perfect Aisha this be- perfect being Ooh, definitely is up for a bit of sexy time with Mr Quill would that gold rub off 
Yeah. Because in James Bond, oh my god, he get all, all the sheets, wouldn't it? Yeah, be a nightmare. It's a wash. Oh yeah. my god. Unless you got gold sheets. No, you wouldn't even go there because you'd just be like, oh man. You just make a stand headache. up, wouldn't you? Mm. No, but In then you'd be on had gold all over you, and it'd take forever to get. No, out. don't put your hands on there. Lean against that. You'd have to put like this queen on the floor, wouldn't you? <laughs> or like a paddling pool. You'd be like Dexter, wouldn't it? You'd yeah. have all the oh, things yeah. on the wall. Well, you'd, you'd invite someone back to your house, and you wouldn't, you weren't sure whether you're gonna have sex or kill them. Which again sounds like my life. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, then you're out there. <laughs> Seek me out. At the two marks. Yeah. I like gold as well. Gold! I can't sing very well. Do we like the remote ships? I'm glad you finished that sentence because I thought you went remote shit. And I've had a few of them in my lifetime. It's an interesting concept, isn't it? What a great warfare strategy not to have anybody in a physical ship. Well, I mean. Because you're not going to lose anybody. No, it's a bit like drones, isn't it? Mm. I mean, again, oh, if anyone wants to tune into our Top Gear, Top Gear, Top Gun episode, they'll uh, find out that I am droning a drone on. Pilot. He drones on the entire so, time. Yeah, um, I, I was very much in touch with Top Gun. Um, and yeah, yeah, drones. It's basically, but it, they do it as a computer game, don't they? It looks like. I mean, if you were going to work for anybody, you'd want to work for the sovereign, so you get to fly them things around, and you just keep getting into a new ship all the time. Do you think that's what it's like working for Marvel just in the real world? Oh my yeah. god! Or, or amazing, Elon Musk. Or Elon Musk. Oh yeah. yeah. I, would, I would probably enjoy working for Elon Musk. Yeah. I think he's a nice guy. If you want to go sponsor, in fact, don't sponsor the pod today. Just give us some money. <laughs> Forget these. I think there's a lot of people on Twitter who probably disagree with you there. <laughs> he's oh no, actually, I think he's no, he's, I think he's, he's bought Twitter, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. he has and bought it's Twitter. No, it's can't not gone through. I don't no. think. Oh, is it not? It may or may not, depending on when you're listening to this. Mm. And uh, um, for the purposes of legal things, um, we do not place any legal basis on anything. Etc. Etc. Please don't sue us, Eon. <laughs> anyway, Space Invaders is what it's like, isn't it? They are playing the game as if it's like a Space Invaders screen. They were a bit knobheady. Well, all like, like that's the equivalent of Generation Z, mm. isn't it? Mm. Like literally just sitting in a seat, being a knob, being a knob, shooting yeah. at things and not actually having any skill or learning anything. It did feel very Instagrammy, didn't it? Yeah, that place. Mm. You can imagine them all walking around doing selfies of their gold faces. Boring. Did they have a wall? They have a wall, wouldn't they? Like a sort of the best, best worker. Yeah, who's killed the most amount of people? I'd go in and just kill them all. Um, well, at least they get put into place by Rocket, who steals those batteries. Yes. I mean, I've already established that Rocket is my favourite character in the Marvel Universe at this present moment in time. He's fucking brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he didn't even need to steal him. He just stole them cause. Well, yeah, like he did with the prosthetic leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then causes all that warfare, doesn't he? Because then yeah. they, they get off and there's the big, big ass chase. I mean, it's interesting from this opening scene with Baby Groot and when they're fighting right the way through to sort of this point, we get a real insight into how their relationships as a, a team have, yeah, have evolved, have evolved. Mm. The way, when they're fighting they're fighting actually very much as a team they're doing teamwork apart from Drax who oh, kills does it. not give a fuck no 
<laughs> just dived straight in that yeah. mouth. Yeah, um, well, we're both daggers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Drax's character in this film is so unbelievable. He really has much more of a centre stage, doesn't he, than he did in the previous one. And you've just, you just love him. You just grow to love him even more because he's just so straightforward. He's the VIP, MPS, SPS. What's the one where MPV. the... MPV. MPV. He's the MPV of this episode. You love your acronyms, don't you? Well, I was just trying to. Think. I was just trying to say he's the best in this. Ep- in this. Do you want to, do you want to explain film? what MPV is for people? Oh that my might god, not know. he didn't even know what it was. <laughs> so, to me, about fifteen options to try and do it. WC most most valuable person. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, I think he's just generally brilliant in this. But the, they all have their things. So you've got Rocket and Peter, who are very much fighting over who's the big dong when it comes to being the captain of the ship uh, you've got Drax who pretty much people just let do whatever he wants because he's going to do it anyway and he's like really literal mm. yeah um, Gamora uh, is a bit of the mum of the group really isn't she she's the only sensible one yeah <laughs> but they all have a really nice parental way with group mm. so they're all sort of pick him up and help him out and keep him out of the way so during that fight scene for example pretty much every one of them at some point like, goes, get out the way get out the way yeah. you're, you're in the way yeah. type thing he's going to be a complete bell isn't he when he grows up well we know this from the post credits don't we yeah which we will discuss later yeah. Uh, but yeah uh, they get chased by these drone spaceships mm-hmm. for stealing the batteries and you're seeing Rocket and Peter yeah. fighting over the uh, joystick. Yes. Which which then leads on to them crash landing on the planet after yeah. all these drone ships are destroyed by Spaceship Unknown. That's what you've gone with. Well, that's that. That's what it was at the time, I guess. But yeah. I think it would uh, just rewinding a little bit. The, <laughs> the fact that like Drax realised that they were in a difficult situation and then pulled himself out of the spaceship and was just like hanging on for dear life as they then you know. Well, he was fighting the spaceships out the back of the spaceship. I mean, this is after. This is after. Badass! I love that. Who the fuck does that? It's brilliant. That's after lobbing himself headfirst into the monster's mouth. He was like, "My team need help. I'm just going to lob myself out of the back of the spaceship." And then, you know, Gamora finds that he's, you know, still out there as they're trying to go in down. I mean, it's such a great scene that and he, they crash land and he just starts laughing. I mean, let's talk about Drax. He obviously has that laissez-faire attitude. On everything. It, he has this wonderful, happy vibe to everything that he does. Mm. Like, he, he just sees the absolute humour in absolutely everything. Everything makes him laugh, which is a brilliant way to live your life. And yet, and I don't know whether this is either the script writing or the actor himself, he still has some pretty weighty moments in this film. Mm. Well, yeah, he's lost his family, hasn't he? But but he, 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 when he plays those scenes, and there are occasions when he flits from being happy Drax to that and it never feels like it's contrived or it's forced or it's artificial but there's been an evolution for Drax for me from a volume 1 to volume 2 because volume 1 was very much focused on him getting revenge for the death of his family and it was quite heavy whereas this time you feel like he's got his peace he's made peace with it and now he's living his life and enjoying his life it's not so mm. so much of a burden on him anymore 
I think it's it's that he's not getting bogged down with the nuances of life. Yeah. That he takes it as it is, and because he's so literal, half the time he's not even aware of what's going on. Mm. He's just in the moment all the time, constantly in the moment, and he's just kind of a spectator to other people's fun and finds the humour in stuff that we wouldn't, because he, he does start laughing out of context with things. Yeah. Mind you, Rocket's just as bad with the whole sarcasm thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they're essentially they're defence mechanisms, aren't they? So his is sarcasm and Drax has just basically been literal and kind of not, care, well, ones are not even caring, just not being bothered about life. I, I mean, if Rocket needs lessons on how to be sarcastic, he just needs to pick up the phone. I'm terribly sarcastic. The more angry I get, the more sarcastic I become. My emails just drip unnecessarily with the disdain of sarcasm. <laughs> the more angrier I am. And I often have to take it all out because it's totally unnecessary. I'm more likely to lead to much more confrontation than it needs. <laughs> but it makes me feel better. That's the difference. I would just send the email. Well, it- <laughs> You are rocket. Zero fucks given. <laughs> you, you're a filter because Ishtar's pretty good. You, you're a counterpoint to each other. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably send my emails to Ish first and yeah. she could just check them and <laughs> remove 95% of it. It's just like, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I mean, rocket, it's a nice distinction between rocket and Drax and the fact that, like, Drax is not sarcastic at all. He's just straightforward, whereas Rocket's character is very, very sarcastic and they're both humorous but in very different ways, which well, is nice. Rocket's quite late. Rocket has a bit of a hard time in this film because mm. you can see him battling with the, the original though. character that was from the previous film where he was on his own and he could do whatever he wanted and no one cares whereas he's trying to have to fit himself in this family and almost accept that he's got people that care about him him, and that he cares about them and he he Mm. seems a little bit in turmoil about that and that's very much his journey I feel in this I mean it's obviously a film about family throughout this because you've got Gamora and Nebula and you've got Rocket and the gang you've got Yondu so there's an awful Peter and and Mm. Ego so it's very much a family thing but I I, I almost feel like Rocket had the biggest mountain to climb in this well yeah because his thing about being an army of one is based on the fact that if you haven't got anyone to lose you're not a weakness are you so if you remember the film Heat there's a, a famous line that Robert De Niro says when I think someone's asking to him why his house doesn't have any ornaments and it's pretty empty and his little box is left un, un, um, unemptied. And he says, you should always be in a position if the heat's around the corner to be able to leave in five minutes. Yeah. Which I agree with. Mm. Um, I just have a lot of clutter. <laughs> so I might, Not anymore. I, I might need about half an hour. You deliberately leave clutter so if the heat arrives, they've got to climb over all the shit to get to you. Yeah. Not you quite should. hoarder level, but you know, there's kind of more like an obstacle assault course, like the Krypton Factor. But he's dealing with that loss. But also, he was man handled. But he was. He, <laughs> he was well. He was. He was the equivalent of what you would do to a raccoon. In human terms, he was mm. misappropriated physically. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There's no way you, you... Can you, you just go back to when you tried to explain what chronological meant? Because I think that was easier. He's been abused and he has been experimented on. Essentially, vivisection. I would go as yeah. far as vivisection, which is not very good when you've got a stutter. And he's been... He's got the scars, which are physical and mental and emotional... And because of that, and I suppose humans or whoever did it on him, he's not easily trusting of people. Mm. No. So the battle he's got going on is he's got a group of people who legitimately like him, 
which is hard to take on because he's like, well, why? Because I'm a knob. And then he's feeling that he has to reciprocate that, which then puts him back into a weak state because then they, he's responsible for them. Yeah. And if they get killed or caught or captured or whatever, he's got to go and save them. But he's one of those people that you just want on your team when shit hits a fan. I mean, I mean we're fast forwarding a little bit, but that scene where the you know the other guys have gone off and it's him and Nebulous sat in the and oh, grew. I, I mean, mean what booby, a scene those is that? Those booby traps. That was Home Alone on another <sighs> level, wasn't it? I mean, he is epic. He's exactly what you would want if you wanted to kill baddies, wouldn't you? Mm. Oh, he's, he's just so angry. Good. He's an angry fairboy. He was just fucking with them, though. Wasn't it's freaking brilliant. <laughs> when he had the gravity thing, he's switching yeah. it on and off, off and they're yeah. just bouncing up and down off the ground. So, oh. however, you know, warped and disturbed the the you know the guy is. I mean, it, he's he's just brilliant. He, when it comes down to you know helping his family, then he's there. And what what a superpower! In fairness, the night time they show he wasn't just doing that for fun. The giggles. Yeah, I think he might have been. I don't. I don't think he was particularly doing that for any. Uh, what what's the word I'm looking for when he? Well, he did wipe out a few of them. Yeah, but that's by chance, isn't it? I think by the, by just flicking it on and off, you're going to injure, kill a few. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't out the goodness of his own heart. I don't think. Yeah. Rewinding back to the crash scene, though, did you? I'm getting whiplash here. Did you pick up <laughs> the fact that when before Quill's dad lands, they back up with each other, as in the Avengers scene? Did you did you pick that up where? They do it a couple of times, you see. I, I don't know whether they got they, they ran out of ideas for camera shots. Um, at the end, in the big final battle scene, they do a, a, a similar one. Yeah, you know, where they all stand in a circle and the okay. camera goes round. Yeah. Like a Michael Bay panning thing. Yeah. Like they do yeah. Well, they did it at that part, and I was like, ooh, that's giving Avenger vibes because they've all backed up, and then we find out that it's Quill. Quill dad. I think they were just reusing that same camera rig. They were like, "We've paid this much yeah. for it. You'll you'll make use you know, like your mum, dad used to do when they bought you a pair of shoes. And yeah, you've been asking for, for it. You'll wear them whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has it been platforms? Has there been that many souls put on them? At this point, we actually flit to Yondu. Yeah, on Hall Planet. What's the planet called there? Oh, the oh Bear Hyatt. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to explain a bit more about that? Because Ish might not realise. Well, in in this iteration or telling of the story, it's inhabited by prostitute androids. <laughs> My favourite planet. Although I don't pay for it. Do you have to put a coin in the slot? What? Me? To get them to work. The androids. How bad would it be, though, <laughs> if they run out halfway through? Like, you just get into the... <laughs> get into, the, like, the last important part of it all. In, you've got... In, in you've your got, case, the last minute. You've got an hour in the clocks ticking down to 59.4. Well, if you don't know, though, you know, like, like one of those wind-up clocks that you have, like, to boil an egg. I, mean, I don't think you use that, do you? But if you've got we, one of them... We've got just... a toaster that does that, the timer, and it pops. Okay, so if you're using your toaster, take a toaster to a sex club. <laughs> just need to time it. And then you just run out of time as you're about to get to the Best, best part and you go put another pound in yeah. <laughs> and then you don't need the full pound do you so do you get a reimburse I'm, for the bit you I'm didn't need it's like them tyre machines you know where you have to put 20, 50p in the bloody tyre machine put your tyre up and yeah. it keeps going after you've left I've driven there's away a ca- there's a car park behind you and you're thinking now I'm just going to stand here because you got to the way you're using my <laughs> 15 days <laughs> with a little cheesecake Yorkshire right there I'd, I le- I'd leave it being like seething that someone's going to have 10 minutes worth of mine or you, you, do, you need you're just more. jealous because you didn't come up with the idea I am first. absolutely but I also upset when I have too much need for air and not enough money for, 
caught air. So I put 50, and it's 50p now. Well, I always go around to take the tops off first, so yeah, because you have to run around the car, don't you, in case you run out of time. Like a Formula One yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. I've ne- I pay money to see that. I've never seen him move so quick. <laughs> With his money involved, Mark. <laughs> 50p. Anyway, the question you asked me is... Whole houses. <laughs> how much are they worth? Depends who's the boss. So Planet Bearheart is uh, largely in the film uninhabited, apart from the prostitute androids. However, the uh, Incredible Hulk, uh, the, the Incredible Hulk comic one 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 in nineteen sixty nine is home of the Sagittarians, a race of people who were thrust into the Hulk-centered conflict with the Galaxy Master, Princess Daedra, not to be confused with Deirdre from Coronation Street. <laughs> And what about Sly Stallone? Because I presume you got a bit excited about seeing Sly. Yeah. The worst kept secret at the time ever. Was it? Mm. Why? Well, this movie I mentioned in our last episode, so there's no spoilers at all, that in fact the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy even, they're not the original roster of characters. In fact, they've updated them and used those. The ones that in this film you get to see all of the original characters which I've detailed. Right. And Sly Sloan's character is actually one from the original Guardians of the Galaxy lineup. Right, okay. Starhawk. Okay. Stakar Ogord. Right. I'm trying to pronounce his name properly, but known in the comics as Starhawk. Right. Um, One of the original members who had the name, and him and Yondu are best friends and partners in the original version of the team, Mm. because Yondu, which I think when we came out of watching it, I said was one of the original members. We saw it originally when, when it came out. Yondu was actually one of the Guardians mm. in the original roster. Right. Um, but people knew, unfortunately, somebody leaked it, I think, that Stallone was going to be in the film, and they weren't sure whether it was going to be a voice actor role um, or, in fact, a cameo, which in this particular case is technically a cameo. It's not actually a cameo, mm. yeah. Uh, but, but as we go on in this episode, there's a lot of characters that were in the, in the original Guardians of the Galaxy roster. Mm. This storyline is so sad though isn't it between the two of them that you realise that well, you, Yondu's you, been keeping this secret because he was trying to help Quill and he's been you know ostracised by the, the rest of the scavengers Ravengers. Ravengers, sorry yeah I mean it's sad. Well it always is when, when you, you're trading children <laughs> But he was doing it to help Quill wasn't he? That's why you're looking at me <laughs> £3,000 on eBay right now. <laughs> Two in the boot. There's <laughs> <laughs> weird one in the hand. Yeah, but it's, you know, he, it was a nice cameo from his side. The storyline was sad, um, but obviously it was a happy ending at the end, so. And you like a happy ending, don't you? Hang Not that kind of how happy ending. How was it happy ending? He died. He, no, but I mean, they all came and... <laughs> sort of and they, all, they all came and celebrated his death. Yeah, You're talking Yondu now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not Slice the Lane, No, no, no. no. That it, you know, that that whole, you know, he'd been ostracised thing was really sad. Yeah, but, but then he was dead, so he doesn't know that they all came out I know, to party. but his friends yeah. did, and that was nice. That's why I'm not having a funeral. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to have a buffet. Cool. <laughs> No, because funerals are selfish, aren't they? They're for people who they turn up and they go, well, I only wanted some crab sticks and some volivants, and he hasn't done that. And you don't even know who the people come to you. Thing, do you? Oh, God. So, okay. I might give my body to medical science. <laughs> Good to know. Um, Ego. We meet Ego. Well, we've already met him, but we sort of meet him, and he introduces himself to Peter as being his dad. Yes. And then promptly falls asleep on his spaceship, uh, at which point we obviously meet Mantis, who... Quite frankly, whoop. sorry, sorry, right. fuck me, sorry. I'm hoping you're winning that battle with your <laughs> microphone. It's 15 love at the moment. 
Um, Mantis is probably the character who scares me the most. The thought of her poking around in my mind frightens me slightly. Why? I don't know. Don't be saying that in front of your missus. <laughs> well, it's, it's just, it, it's like... She can feel your emotion. That's interesting. What an interesting power to have. Not I mean, really. I, I suppose in fairness, if she touched me, she'd just feel anger and disdain <laughs> for humanity at all times. <laughs> With the occasional happiness when I'm doing something fun. If she touched me, she'd just feel damp. <laughs> <laughs> Of course she would. What would she, what would she feel if she touched you, love? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Oh, she, you'd be all happy. She'd be like, oh, you're so happy. She, yours would be a Drax-like response. <laughs> are you, like, innocently happy or are you just dying She's inside? always happy and positive. She wakes up like that. Yeah, but are you happy, happy, like... a positive person. Are you, like, naturally happy or is it because you're dead inside? <laughs> like, <laughs> is this all a facade and then really inside you're so sad? No, I think she genuinely is. Really? I think we're the broken people. <laughs> I mean, Where have I, you lived? Have you just been on a planet? Because how is it possible you can be this happy and be your age? I don't know. Because you're 41, aren't you? What? Don't add another number. Sorry, I was doing it in three years. <laughs> I got mixed up then. I thought you were good. I've had a good life. As then. a paper lady. <laughs> Either there's no stress in interior design at all. It's like, yeah, I'll just paint that wall blue, mate. That'll be 25 grand. That is the joy of living your life to the fullest. And having no regrets, lay them. Well, I have no regrets. Well, I'm just broken. Well, I'm speaking for myself, but I mean, are you broken? I'm definitely broken. Although she's fixing me. Aww. Aww. Oh my God. I just I just threw up in my mouth. But spe- speaking about enjoying life to the fullest, ego definitely certainly seems to pay. Uh, apart from owning his own planet and basically being able to strut around as the King Dingling. Uh, he's spammed the entire universe. He is, he is had, he's yeah. had his funky times with every motherfucker in every way and well, well obviously ego if you want to delve into that is the, the what into ego just delve <laughs> into his ego lived on that. He, but he's but he's had to have sex with these people in their indigenous forms so if you had to have sex with like a blob sorry if you're out there I didn't mean to break up with you if you've had sex with a blob, then you've got to be a blob sexy, haven't you? Like, you've got to have the same sexual organs as a blob. Mm. So he would have had to change shape. So what you're seeing... I wonder which species he was when he had the best sex. Because he's not, he's not human. No. So no. he creates the, what you want to see. Oh, oh, what, oh, oh, can I just say, I was very excited when I found out that he was a celestial, because it's the first time I was like, I know what it? a celestial is. I know, but we were talking about sex. Hang on, yeah, right, I love that song. Um, <laughs> salt and Pepper. Is it? <laughs> it is, isn't it, from the 80s? So, right, you were asleep at the wheel on that one, because it's not the first time you've seen the celestials. Technically, it's the second, third time you've seen a celestial. Why? No, fourth time you've seen a celestial. No, but nobody told me that there was. I celestial. told you last episode. No, for what? Episode Guardians of the Galaxy, episode one. Who was the celestial in that? Nowhere. The head, when he was making jokes about nowhere, and you were like, no, and I went, well, that's not the only time you saw a celestial. And he was like, what we do saw you mean? A, we saw an example of one when he was explaining the stones, I think. When the, collest, when, the collest, when the collector is explaining the story of the stones, mm. you see Ishan. I know, but I suppose I suppose in Ishi's defence, that looked like a robot, whereas obviously Ego doesn't. Okay, but you've also seen the film The Eternals, haven't you? Or we're not yeah, including but that. We're not including yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, so you've still seen. So they so look they, they look very different. Which I, I, I presume, if Ego wanted to look like one of them robot things, or is that their natural form? Well, no, he's he's not technically a celestial at all. Right. He's he's the celestials are in the same probably level as him, as in power. But he's 
not the same as uh, the celestial you see in Ishan. Because he introduces himself as a celestial. Yeah, and I got very, very excited about that because then that obviously makes so much sense as to why Peter could hold the... What's it called? Infinity Stone. Infinity Stone and not blow up because obviously he's part celestial. Well, he's an immortal, but he's called himself a celestial. He's probably on a celestial plane, but he's not a celestial. He's not a OG celestial. He's a plat from the comics. He's a planet. They've, they've, Ego. Yeah. So in the comics, the reason why they've had to do what they've done with the, the MCU have played around with his origin story because in the comics you actually get a bit of an Easter egg when you land on his planet. In the comics, oy, oy. All, all he is is a face on a planet. That's it. That's all he is. A massive big head. Right. He's not a, technically a celestial as an OG celestial like the ones you saw in the film we can't mention, mm. but the one you saw. So nowhere is a proper celestial. The celestial which you saw in the flashback discussion with the collector is a celestial. Mm. He is just a, a more immortal who's on what I would say probably tier tier three of the beings in the MCU, but they've played around with his backstory. So you say he's immortal. At the end of this film, he doesn't die then, I guess? Immortal in that he ages differently to us. Right. So the likes of Asgardians, the Olympians, they will die, but they age slower than you and I will. So you could see a Celestial who looks 50 and is probably eons old. Okay. But because from a fan base to see... It's hard to film a planet. Like, for example, you know, you've got uh, Galactus, which again is a planet type thing, um, or the Planet Eater. It's hard to show that in a film because it's nothing. There's nothing exciting about a face on a planet. Which is why he was killed as a result of killing the core. He he yeah. So he is becomes a non-corporeal entity, and he creates himself in whatever you visualize. So, for example, for Peter Quill, his dad is a human. Mm. For the aliens, he's porking. He's a, <laughs> he's a blob, or he's um, a spider, or oh my god, he's. Well, how many aliens have you seen, young confused. man? He's confused. <laughs> Um, or, you know, he likes to... Well, they might be, maybe they just have sex like they're doing um, Demolition Man, just hold an orb. So, what? So you know, in the last episode, Novacore said that he was half human, half something else. So, he's, so are we saying that Peter is half what? Immortal. Immortal. Yeah. Yeah, his provenance as a celestial in the current MCU isn't secured. To give you an idea, Thor could hold... An Infinity Stone, I assume. Mm, not sure. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. So who else would be on par with the an immortal? Thanos. Then? Thanos. Thanos, uh, the Eternals, um, the one above all. Um, okay, that gives me a better idea as to how powerful he now is. If you pass is. me that Polly Pocket wallet there. Tier 2, uh, who are slow ageing. Eternals, Asgardians, Olympians... Tier three that above, which are your abstract god gods who use avatars instead of them being there. Moon Knight is um, well, yes. Uh, Konshu, Torrit, Amet, Zeus, Mephisto, Ghost Rider, Sobek, blah blah blah. Then you have tier four, which is Celestials, uh, Arishom, and will obviously will be below the Living Tribunal, who is tier five, which is the Watchers, um, Eso. Um, and then they're the ones who are like abstract concept beings so they're far far beyond but they're like a whole space thing and then the tier 6 which is your main main one is the one above all 
And so you've got so the Living Tribunals tier five. Um, Where did you say the immortal sits then? The immortals or the etern- do you mean the, et- the eternals? No. Well, the immortals who Peaceables. are slow slow to age are, are tier two. Tier two. Yeah. So the the ones who are celestials are tier four. Um, it, in the comics, Ego is a planet, so he's probably a bit more powerful than your tier ones, which are your humans, your hands meta humans, and your X Men and those type of people, mm. because they can can be killed and age and all those things. Um, so it, it is important to understand how powerful they are, because each of these ones has to speak to a one a, a power above. And obviously, he could manifest whatever that energy was in his Cosmic hand. Energy. Yeah, yeah, which was a new thing that he didn't realize that he had. So was that as a result of being an immortal then? Well, it's him being. Um, a cosmic being okay so he has if he has cosmic energy in part with the eternals and the celestials that are above the eternals i would say and obviously thanos is on the same line as um star fox and the eternals they're tier two okay but they just age slower yeah and they can be all of them can be killed you just need to get a bigger gun (laughs) that's all it comes down to welcome back if you've woken up (laughs) but he the 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 film doesn't do him any justice in explaining that. I thought the ego planet thing bit was actually a little bit boring. Dare I say? Well, no, you're right because it, it is the least enjoyable part of the film. Because that's the difficulty, isn't it? It's taking the core text and trying to make it interesting for fans to watch on the big screen. A big fuck off planet with a face on it isn't the best interpretation for an MCU movie when you've seen the wonders they've done before so they've made him the embodiment of what you visualise so if you're human you speak to a human if you're an alien from Venus or whatever you, you, you would he would be seen as one of those counterparts you're rubbish at rolling out aliens and alien planets <laughs> spiders and well, venuses why did you feel like it was boring though <clears throat> well the planet bit yeah I, I didn't think it was boring I just thought it was the least fun part of the film I'm bearing in mind at the same time as we're walking around the planet looking at all the flowers bloom and oh you've got powers Peter uh, you've got Yondu getting overthrown by Taserface Taserface <clears throat> what a scene I mean you can't tell me that Taserface wasn't a funnier part of the movie it was funny to skipping around the fields looking at how pretty the planet was no but it was interesting in terms of the fact that he created all of those things and that was what his happy place looked I like know, but it, it, well it's not his happy place it was just him creating anyway it's, ex- it, it's not tears of face is it <laughs> it's it's exposition to explaining to non-fans and fans of how he fits into the mcu right and he does say that he was created as a, a a mind floating in space as a celestial, but I think the word celestial is more of a colloquial term to explain that he was up in the gods rather than a physical celestial. Okay. And he was formed from nothing in the stars, which is the celestial body, if you wanted to be pedantic about it. And a lot of the time, because I'll touch up on it later on, they use the word to create to create an understanding of a character that actually means more than just the word. Hmm. Um and where on the scale does Taserface sit? You love Taserface, don't you? <laughs> well, everyone loves Taserface. Why do you love Taserface? Because he's funny. Because he just tasered people? He was just funny. No, it's funny. the way that he was so proud of the fact that he uh, called himself Taserface and everybody thought it was so funny and hilarious that he did. I mean, he was quite brutal, was hmm. the whole killing of the crew. The guy who is from Sons of Anarchy, he got killed off really quickly. 
Tom Flaherty. Yeah, I think so. Who got who got the um, belt, the Glasgow yeah, yes, yeah. or whatever it's called. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, he gets killed off really quickly on this just by virtue of being on Yondu's side of the fence. Mm. Um, and, and and it all gets quite dark looking at all the all the dead bodies floating away. Um, no, but then it's immediately uplifted once they're in the jail cell. And no, it's not because before then, and I know what you're going to say, <laughs> they're kicking Baby Groot around in the ring. Yeah. They're just kicking him and bullying him. I mean, I, I never wanted to cry more in all my life. <laughs> I wanted to drive around to all of those actors' ha- houses and hold them properly <laughs> accountable for the mean things they did to Baby Groot. Obviously, it was sad with Baby Groot, but yes, probably the funniest scene in this film is is sending Groot to go get (laughs) whatever it was. The helmet thing, yeah. Oh my God, the lols in that. Doesn't he steal the eye? He He steals absolutely everything, but what he needs to steal. And once again, Rocket's like, no, just leave that. I'll I'll keep that. And And the fact that like Marvel took the time to give that scene like the five minutes or the four minutes that it was was absolutely brilliant because it was comedy gold wasn't it I mean I've I've always been uh, uh, I love that scene but but it ultimately accumulates in Yondu getting the new head thing I mean Yondu is a nicely powered person I mean we established in the last episode I can't whistle for shit (laughs) but I mean, you, didn't, you didn't try though, did you? Well, we I couldn't because waiting. every time you asked me to do it, I started smiling, which is it's impossible to whistle. That's like blowing a raspberry if he does it when he's smiling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean, he goes proper badass in this. Well, he gets his proper look again from the comics. He has a massive, big, huge mohawk. Mm. All they've done is return him, and that's thanks to James Gunn. Mm. This is a class example of a fan of a film franchise that likes to draw upon the original core text. Why didn't it have that to begin with then? Well, I suppose because it's part of his character, isn't it? He wouldn't have had anywhere to go if he had the super um, quiff or whatever you want to call it. Um, But that that was, when it lit up, that was what was powering his his flute thing, his um, whistly, whistly arrow. I mean, he did some damage with that. Yeah, but he, they totally deserved it, so it was a great scene. Yeah. <laughs> Bit brutal. No, not at all. But his fin in the comics, his fin's like pretty exaggerated, you know, but like a rhino. Right. But I imagine probably from perspective of overpowering, you, know, you don't like overpowered superheroes, yeah. do you? So for him, first of all, they've, re, they've redone the story where he's not one of the Guardians, he's a Ravager, and his arc is where he's sacrificed himself for the greater good giving him a redemption story mm. and then they've honoured that by giving him his comic book Finn yeah um, which was a nice fitting end to his character which is sad but it kind of then reinforces the fact that Marvel aren't afraid to kill off characters mm. no the hyper jump that they did was another oh uh, this yeah. is what I mean when I say that the Planet Eagle stuff was really quite dull in comparison to when you think not on the planet ego you've got rocket messing around with the people who are trying to kill them on that planet you've got yondu going badass whilst groups dragging everything he can find from the ship you've got the hyperspace where they were <laughs> warping in and out of things and and all of that's happening off the planet ego so i was almost feeling sad that you kept on flitting back to this less interesting part of the story where Peter's getting all in touch with his dad. And, it's and like, Nebula and Gamora are getting better. 
Well, it had to it had to give him the storyline of where he'd created the opportunity to for his big plan. Yeah. Um, that essentially he'd seeded the universe. Oh, where, where do you sit? You mentioned Gamora and Nebula. Where, where do you sit on Nebula? And I suppose Gamora to a degree, because neither of them play a massive part in these films. They've, I, I, certainly Nebula has been sort of a, a very side character up to this point. She's very serious and very dark. Admittedly, there's been some horrible things done to her, so you can I appreciate mean, why. But, yeah, of course. But in a film which is largely comedy and light heart, it feels like she's the Debbie Downer. And then Gamora... Gamora feels a character who's been largely outshone. She... she She's quite good as being the mother in the group, but when she's not with the group mm. to bounce off of their comedic characters, I feel she's not as interesting a person. Mm. I wanted to throw that out to you too. I mean, the, the dynamic between siblings is the rivalry anyway because they're adopted sisters of Thanos, or daughters, sorry, adopted daughters of Thanos. Nebula's story in the comics is far more horrific than they've portrayed in the films, and Gamora's storyline from a, a cipher character point of view has a bit of a way to go to develop her character I mean they've all got mental health issues in that group haven't they so it's, it, they're all damaged goods I think we mentioned this in the first film mm. which is why they work so collectively well what do you think Ish? I think because the characters are so good in this film I think it is hard for somebody like Gamora's character to shine as brightly as the others because comedy is central to the whole of this film. If you're not if you're not naturally funny, it is very difficult to compete with the other characters because they all are naturally funny. So I think as a female strong character, she's epic. She absolutely can kick ass and she's she's very strong. So if it wasn't this film and she was in another film, perhaps she'd shine a little bit more brightly. But I just think it's because of who she's with in this that kind of downplays it but I love I love her character I love the strength of her um, it'd be interesting well it'd be interesting to see where the nebula thing goes but we, we don't really understand whether she's a goodie or a baddie when she walks away at this well yeah no. and they've got a Guardians volume 3 coming out next year I've just seen yeah. yeah so that'll be interesting to see how that develops further and obviously Guardians are in Thor that's coming out as well. Yeah, but that's on the basis that there are a lot more films between now and then, <laughs> and there's a lot of other things that could potentially so, happen. Hopefully that storyline of her will uh, evolve a little bit more with her sister. I mean, Guardians 3 is the last one they're making as well. Is it? Mm, so... Everyone could be dead by then. But I've got a feeling that we're not going to have an Iron Man 3 situation where 3 was too much. I'm, I'm assuming that it's going to go from strength to strength as volume 1 and volume 2 have proved. It's just added to the flavour of the characters in a good way. Uh, if you were making your own planet, Latham, what shit would you create? What shit would I create? Or what uh, yeah. ship? No shit. Uh, Peter, when he finds out that he can build planets too, explains he's going to build an enormous Pac-Man and probably have David Hasselhoff's statues on every corner. Mm. Uh, what kind of stuff would you have in your planet? Mine would be pretty cool because I would have a Willy Wonka-esque style you know, sort of driving down the street in your trouser pants with your elasticated belt. I would pull over in the lay-by and just pull off... Um, 
a piece of leaf that you could eat. Oh, that sounds or delicious. you may be able to like wheel up a bit of the curb and it's licorice. Oh, you might. Or marzipan, something like that. Yeah, but if people have been walking on it, it's going to be dirty. I mean, you might be able to eat it, but it's going to um, be Your mistake minion. you made there was, is I've got other people on my planet, mate. <laughs> exactly. Um, my planet will be invitation only. You and barefoot. Ew. Would, well, so you got dirty verrucas and smelly, I would have. <laughs> like dirty, scabby athlete's foot skin all over your bloody licorice well, they would be killed I'd have rules but the planet would be ruled massively but then if, I wouldn't know I'd be a benevolent dictator and it would have a shield like the one in Rogue One people have to ask for permission to come into the shield and I'd like mm, have you got Crocs on and they go yeah well you can leave have you got flip flops on yeah well they're not coming in have you got stupid have you got shoes that I haven't got a heel on yes well you can go have you got any foot disease I am um, <laughs> Are you... To be fair, there wouldn't be many... That, there'd have to be a whole checklist. I'd have to have to go through a proper recruitment process for visitors. But it'd have Lego houses. That'd be cool. Could oh, you eat it? them? No, because they're Lego, aren't they, silly? What's going on? Well, I'd you want to live on your planet, like, though. I think it'd be funner. Wouldn't it? Yeah. And then the lollipop lady, you could literally take the lollipop off the lollipop lady. She'd get a bit upset because I've invited her by special request because she hasn't got Crocs on. And she'd be like, well, who's going to be able to take the people across the road now because my lollipop's gone? Like, mine. That fucking idiot's currently licking my lollipop. That's what she said. Love it. What about you, Paula? What would you have? Oh, I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. I've not thought about mine much. <laughs> <laughs> Years in the making. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm very much on the same power as Latham with there would be a very thorough vetting process as to who could come on my planet. I, I don't know. He'd, be, he'd just be all fun and geeked and wouldn't it? Yeah. They'd just be constant. It'd be a demand that there'd be constant more Marvel movies and Star Wars movies and there'd Star Trek movies. There'd be big like, cinema screens everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd be a big tech person. I'd want lots of technology on my planet because I just love a gadget. So it'd be like, invent away, people. Bring it to me and let me play with it. Um, so, yeah. Would you have transporters like they have in Star Trek well, Picard? Well, ultimately, we would aim to invent that sort okay. of technology. Because I think what would happen is we would visit each other's planet on a regular basis. Yeah, I'd visit to eat a uh, dirty licorice curbstone. <laughs> And That's then, near my road, and then we'd we, then we'd transport back to my planet where with the, anti, the antibiotics would clear up the <laughs> rash that I developed from eating that gifts. But I haven't got people with athletes' foot. They're all decent people, mostly me. What about you, Ish? My planet would be green with lots of plants and flowers. That's boring. You're such a girl. <laughs> So you'd have just a whole green planet, like like a long big lawn. Yeah. Well, yeah, with lots of plants and you'd end up spending the entire and life the you... sea and like nature and fresh air and you've just you just described a garden. Oh, it'd be lovely. So you just want eastern woods then? <laughs> no. <laughs> full of doggers anyway. Um, <laughs> the big fight at the end, the, the, like the big battle. Did anyone else feel like it went on a little bit long? It did a little bit. Don't we like big battles? Then? I mean, we do and we don't. Does it depend on who the villains are you're battling? Because Ego, as a villain, is like the staple of Parshmallow Man, isn't it? As a villain. He's not... I mean, okay, I'm saying that knowing how, how powerful he is, but compared to other villains, like Ronan the Accuser... Yeah, he's um, not a big ass. He's not a big ass no. one, even though power-wise he, he, he is. is. Yeah, yeah. That's why I would say. I don't mind big battles because, but if it's a decent fight. It's because it didn't look scary. Although, yeah. can I tell you, when they obviously, you know, bash at him and his body. When they do what? Bash at him, like fire at him. 
<laughs> bash at him. <laughs> what? When they're shooting at him. Yeah. And, and then how much how's that bashing? Off. You can't you can't verbalise a hand signal. Can you just put that into a sentence, please? Pretend Mark's describing chronology. <laughs> and then his skin comes off and then he rebuilds himself. Yes. Yeah. So like he's like like a human circumcision? No. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying. I think I liked the first film because I know they had a big battle scene at the end, but it wasn't a massive part of the film. In fact, I would go so far as to say Run and the Accuser didn't feature hugely in the film. It was very much about the Guardian's characters and how they came together. And I think this film, that big fight at the end, was almost as though they felt they needed to have a big finale. Maybe because they'd run out of ideas, I don't know. I I, I just, it, it felt like once they'd had a fight, there was then another fight, mm. and then there was another fight because the bugger kept on coming back. It was like, it's yeah. like them ants' nests <laughs> you find where you think you've got them all and then they keep coming. I think, well, this one's a more powerful villain, isn't it? And also we've established, as you mentioned before-ish, that he's a hybrid of human DNA and cosmic DNA. Yeah, it shows at the end how he basically conjures up what is inside of him. Yeah, I mean... (coughs) I'm looking at you and thinking, please don't say anything inappropriate, but Mm, yeah. I'll try try my best to... uh, (laughs) I will explode. I know. (laughs) in my trousers um, no I think the bit you're talking about is when Ego is trying to mind yeah kind of fuck him and say this is what you you can see in and his then eyes he fights call. back because Yondu then says I always use my heart not my head yeah that scene was strong of all of the parts of the fight because obviously that then releases everybody from the chokehold that well you see I, could, I couldn't focus on that scene particularly because I was too stressed well I was asleep first time but from my memory of this film uh, I remember Groot being stuck between the rocks and I I don't know why because I'm not a particularly claustrophobic suffering person but the idea of being trapped in a cave you know those those lunatics who go uh, is it potholing or cave diving when they go into these tiny little spaces and particularly the idiots who go with the when it's underwater and they have to take the air tanks off and like push them through and then follow through after the bloody air tanks and you're like oh that being trapped in a dark cave Mm. between two stones and yeah uh, i mean i'd follow through with simply without doing that because that's how bad it was i mean i got lost in a duvet once and i got terrified Yeah, but it was your duvet. Every <laughs> it was covered in stuff that most people would be scared of. <laughs> I've been slammed. <laughs> but this does end up with Yondu biting the bullet. Mm. Sad. I mean, the Guardians have killed off some pretty big characters. They killed off Groot in the first one. Yeah. They've killed off Yondu in the second one. Yeah. What's going to happen in the third one-ish? And you find these funny, by the way, just for the record. I mean, I was I was genuinely gutted with Yondu because I, mm. I like his powers. I like what he was able to do. And I, I liked him as a character. And it's sad that he's now not going to be around. Do you know what's weird is I didn't warm to him in the first one because I know him from Walking Dead and he was a complete bellend. So I was already against him unnecessarily because it's two separate things but I thought because he was such a bad baddie in, in Walking Dead I just didn't like sort of lean towards him but the second one yeah it's sad however sometimes you need to have that to move the story forward and 
give others a chance because there's like, quite a lot of top heavy characters and sometimes and I think the reason it works is two of them are CGI but populated by you know sort of famous voice actors yeah uh, where we're on your notes well I, have you got anything on there because I've got post credits oh right which wow. were were many and plentiful they were yeah in fact I remember being in the cinema for these and getting all these post credits I'm sure he was with you. He was, yeah. And uh, it was like, bang, another one, bang, yeah. another one. They don't generally mean a huge amount. I mean, there is one, arguably, which you'll probably touch upon, yeah. uh, which does have, but they're all sort of tongue-in-cheek funny. So you've got, let me let me refer to my pre-sleep notes, you've got the guy practicing to be Yondu, and that was just hilarious. When <laughs> You've got Drax screaming in agony because he's been... Uh, um, necked. Impaled. He's been necked. I beg your pardon. <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, Hickies. you know what I mean. Uh, you've got the old Avengers gang, yeah, which I'm, you've already touched upon. Uh, we've got uh, Adam, which I'll leave for you to explain okay. later. You've got Teenage Groot. Not as cute as Baby Groot. No. The evolution. Little yeah. bastard. Oh, yeah. Of being the only child. Mm, with untidy rooms yeah. and bad language. That was very interesting, yeah. Bad attitude. And then you've got Stan Lee with the Watchers. Indeed, which was a fan theory. Mm. I mean, a lot of the things you're talking about I've covered in my um, Easter eggs. Well, that leads us nicely. And you do your Easter eggs because there are some little goodies here. And there's loads. We get to see, again, um, the Orlani or the Orloni, depending on how you want to pronounce it. It's probably the Orloni. Um, we saw them when, when all the time Peter Quill is singing his songs as he's dancing across the planet to the, to get the um, orb, and he's using one as a microphone. They're kind of a cross between a rat. Um, They're like an inside-out rat, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, it's it's a combination of a rat and a frog, and they they sort of inhabit. But clearly, they get everywhere because. Well, they're an arch nemesis of Groot. <laughs> yeah, we see them. We see them again. We also find out what the meaning of Star Lord's shirt is, uh, because it's been deciphered, and it means gears shift. Um, yeah, it reads gear shift, and in other words, attached to the molecules read dust, cement, stone, and ash. With the bottle, the bottom subtitle reading a Tenek Galaxy invention. Um, that is for fans who manage to, to decipher that. Um, the planet Contraxia is mentioned, which is again not the same as in the comic, but was the homeworld of Marie, and she was the mother of Marvel comic hero Jack of Hearts. And the Contractions searched for a solution to help prevent their son from dying, and unfortunately, um, sent a scientist who came up with a possible free energy solution. To, which was, was called Zero Fluid, sent her to Earth in a human form and she married the scientist who came with the technology. She was killed in an accident and leaving their son, Jack of Heart, to be doused in his father's chemicals, his father's chemicals that was created by the accident. And so you smell like Jack of Fart? <laughs> Boom. That's why we keep him up. And... Uh, that was that was his power of um, power of energy manipulation. So that's the connect to the planet Contraxia. We've already mentioned Tulk, who was the guy from Sons of Anarchy, uh, Tommy Flanagan, and um, we get to see Howard the Duck, who's back again. God knows why, but he's just a cameo. 
Stallone was mentioned as Starhawk. Um, again, going through some of the other original characters from the Guardians roster. Michael Rosenbaum, who will know who played Lex Luthor in the 90s show Smallville, is the voice of Martin X. He was in a he was a descendant of human ancestors on the planet Pluto, but his crystalline skin gave him the ability to project hot and cold from each hand. And the Pluvians, uh, they were wiped out, leaving him as the sole survivor. And he teamed up with the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics. The other thing that kind of gets rectified, which was a fan theory for what for a while, is that Stan Lee, with all of his cameos, was in fact a watcher. And whilst they are doing their hyperspeed jaunt across the galaxy. Well, do you want to explain what a watcher is? Because that will make no sense to probably ish. Well, a watcher, if you look at my tier list, a watcher is tier five out of tier six. Uh, so they are abstract concept beings. And anyone who's seen the What If show, can we mention that, um, will be aware of a watcher um, called um, Uato. Um, they see all, everything in all the universes and all the different timelines, yeah. but they just don't interfere, do they? They're observers, so they're not allowed to. In, they're not allowed to interfere. A bit like the Eternals, but they are above the Eternals. So they, in the in the celestial hi- hierarchy, make sure that people don't move outside of wherever they're supposed to be. But Uato is one of the main ones, and it, it was suggested that possibly Stanley was in fact Uato. It's never been confirmed of that, but their hyperspeed jaunt does prove that he is in fact a watcher, which is why he could have all those cameos and be omnipresent, which I thought was quite cool. We see another callback to the Ascarvarians, uh, which was um, mentioned in Guardians of Galaxy when he was on, a, on board the Klin, that he once had an, a, a romance with an Ascarvian, um, and that was how Drax became a bit um, endeared to Peter because he referred to him as the who was laying with an Ascarvian. So they get mentioned again in this. Uh, the planet's face, um, you get a glimpse of how Ego looks in the comics, which was a kind of a, a little nod to his comic book version. And the really, really important one is during the scene where Ego is trying to convince Peter of the path he should take, uh, and his eyes sort of start, start to go starry, he mutters the word eternity. Now, a lot of fans think that that is kind of just his response to what he's seeing. However, the reality is that eternity is an actual figure from the comics, which we have recently seen in the Thor 4 trailer. We get to see another young Peter. He returns again with the same character who played him in the first film. Um, Yondu's blue frog and his troll doll. Uh, get a wonderful homage in his death because that was the frog that he took from the person he was in the when he was trying to get the stones in the first film he got the frog uh, and the troll doll was the one where he hid the where Peter Quill hid the Infinity Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, his arrow is formed from the fireworks of the particles when they fire into the sky, which is kind of another homage to him and his arrow. Charlie Twenty Seven is played by Ving Rhames. Uh, anyone who knows him, he was one of the Marvel heroes who, a bit like Martin X, uh, was a human engineered to survive on Pluto. Charlie 27 was engineered to survive on Jupiter and was the result of being super strong and super dense uh, with a military strategy background. Um, Aletta Starhawk's other half 
is played by Michelle Yeoh, who gets everywhere. People will forget where she appeared last time. Shang-Chi. Kruger has Doctor Strange Magic, um, which is the character who looks like a red lizard. He is the source supreme from the 33rd century and was trained by the same ancient one that trained Doctor Strange and, in fact, has the same uh, mystical glyphs that Doctor Strange has. Kevin Bacon was the MVP of Guardians Galaxy 1. David Hasselhoff not only gets a mention, but also sung the song, um, the Guardians Inferno song. He sang and performed that, uh, written by James Gunn. And then at the end of the film, just after the credits, there's a huge disclaimer that no raccoons, no raccoon, no raccoons or trees were injured during the film in the feature. Well, thankfully, whilst people digest that, they can listen to us arguing and bitching at one another in what I consider to be my favourite part of this show. No way. Yeah, Because you don't tell us every week that this is your favourite part. I don't know why it's your favourite part, because you get so vexed about it. I know, because... Is it because you think your top ten's the best? I like debate, and I also like being right. So those two things combined is just excellent. Yeah, but the wrong thing with that is neither of them are true, because you're not right. <laughs> so, for the benefit of those listening, Leather, would you like to explain what it is we're talking about? It is how we mark the film and how we add in to our list of characters who we rate out of 10, isn't it? Yeah. So, we have ten, a top 10 of our, our characters and we can add into that list any new characters that have appeared in the film we've just watched. And if we have had a character that has gone off our list but appeared in this latest film, we can, if we want to, put them back in. Um, and then, obviously, unlike myself and Ishtar, you can keep all of the characters lingering around <laughs> because although it's called a top 10 you've taken that reality and you've taken the reality stone and you've changed it for your own which is you have a top 10 of 64 <laughs> um, and then you then you get upset by the fact that my top 10 is fucking great yes quite pretty much that And but before we do that wonderful part which doesn't get your blood pressure rised at all and requires you to have a um, an enema well an don't know about that. That was a request. Um, a lie down in a darkened room with a flannel on your face. Um, we, we score our film, um, what we thought the film got out of 10. We do indeed. Uh, who wants to go first this time? Because I went first last time. Did you? I, was, yeah, I did. didn't. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, I think Ishtar. Oh, I think Ishtar. No, yeah, yeah, I think Ishtar should, should go. Oh, okay. No were you, you going to peak too soon? No, I was going to let you go first because you didn't go first. I know, but I'm not that bothered really because you always pick on me anyway. <laughs> he, he, he always likes to listen to what we say and go the opposite. Whatever. No, you've got me confused with Ishtar now. She literally <laughs> has flip the flop. fluxation. Yeah, she's wearing flip flops and she flip flops. It's sunny outside. <laughs> not in my life. <laughs> Ever. I love this film. I love it because it made made me laugh a lot. The characters are much more lovable in this film than they were in the first film. Um, the bants from the bants from Drax from Rocket are mega. Um, the only thing that let it down for me was the baddie wasn't a big bad as it was in the first one I think the fact that we had Thanos and Ronan in the first one probably pipped it slightly you say we had Thanos he was, he was in for like a minuscule amount he of time he wasn't in it for a minuscule amount it was the fact that we saw how how big the universe was and how much shit there is to come so I feel like that was the only thing that was probably missing from this film than, than you know the other one. So on that basis, drum roll. 
I'm giving it a nine out of ten, and it's going number two in my list. Oh wow! So you want to read out your list as is now? Then so my list was Guardians one. Uh, 10 out of 10 Avengers Assemble 9 out of 10 Iron Man 1 9 out of 10 Iron Man 2 8 out of 10 Thor 7 out of 10 Captain America First Avenger 7 out of 10 Captain America Winter Soldier 7 out of 10 Iron Man 3 6 out of 10 Thor Dark World 6 out of 10 Captain Marvel 6 out of 10 and Hulk 1 out of 10 so now um, Guardians is obviously number two in my list and everything else gets pushed down. So my top ten finishes at Thor Dark World. So you have Guardians one and two are your one literal and one and two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lay them. Oh, I thought you should go next. Oh, but do you? Well, I think you should go next, but whether you want to is entirely up to you. Uh, well, uh, my existing list at the minute is Avengers Assemble 10 out of 10 as my top film. Number two was Guardians of the Galaxy 1, 10 out of 10. Uh, number three was Iron Man, nine out of ten. Then Captain America: Winter Soldier, nine out of ten. Captain America: First Avenger was eight out of ten. Sixth was Thor, eight out of ten. Uh, then Iron Man three, eight out of ten. Iron Man two out of ten, eight out of ten. And Captain Marvel seven out of ten. With Thor: The Dark World on six, and Hulk as my bottom one, four out of ten. I am going to put Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in at 7. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Wow. Um, but it's going below Captain America First Avenger and below the first Thor movie. So where is it now? They're number 4 in your list. No, it's number 7. Oh, number 7 in your list? It's number 7 in my list. You see, this, this film... It's, it's, I'm still giving it 8 out of 10. I know, but it's 7th in your list. I know. How many? Yeah, but I've it got, is based I've got on how many eight got, out of ten you've got. I've got two films, ten out of ten. I've got two films, nine out of ten. So it's already fifth, and then I've got one, two, three, four, five now, which have got eight out of ten. Um, and I'm obviously ranking them in order of which ones I prefer. Guardians of the Galaxy Two is a good film. There are lots of funny things that we've discussed throughout, like the Rocket and Drax, um, Groot. Yondu, all those things are really, really funny. But I did find the ego planet thing and the ego fighting battle thing the turn off of this film. I found it a little bit boring, it wasn't as good. It lost the momentum that was created by the other stuff. You're gonna mark it down from that. I mean, bearing in mind, it's still getting eight out of ten. This isn't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not banging on this movie. Um, we're, we're dissecting minuscule points in what is a very high quality league table here but it, it does but I'm surprised lose based on that that you're still putting it so far low down because 7 is not high 7 out of 10 at 7th out of your 10 yeah but you can't can he because if I you've can. got 2 at 10 out of 10 that means that you're down no, to 8 he's got he's got so many at 8 why wasn't it higher up your list in the 8 what, what, what it's, it's bang in the middle of the 8 out of 10 so Captain America First Avenger got 8 out of 10 I think it's it's Guardians isn't as good as that film Thor won 8 out of 10 I don't think it's as good as that one um, I think some of the characters are good enough but I, I think the films as a whole uh, it's, I thought it's better than Iron Man 3 and better than Iron Man 2 which I, both I also gave out Surprised. of 10 okay. so, there you go go on lay them 
Do you want me to read my 10 out? Yes. Sorry, let's have a list. Do. So my current top 10 is uh, out number one. Is oh, look, he looks surprised. He's reading his list. He's, he's surprised by the shitness of his own list already. Unbelievable. Um, at number one is Avengers Assemble at 9 out of 10. And number two is Iron Man with 9 out of 10. Number three, Captain America Winter Soldier, 8 out of 10. Iron Man 3, 8 out of 10. At number five, Iron Man 2, 8 out of 10. Number six, Guardians of the Galaxy, 8 out of 10. Number seven, Captain Marvel, 8 out of 10. <laughs> at, number, at number eight is Captain America First Avenger, 7 out of 10. Number nine is Thor, the first one, 7 out of 10. Number 10 is Thor Dark World, 7 out of 10. Um, we're not doing any more than 10, aren't we? Because that's 11. We keep going if Well, you I, I've just got one extra, unlike Mr. Mr. Pollard here. Uh, Hulk was um, 6 out of 10. Now, I have scored this 8 out of 10, and the reason I've scored it that is because I quite like it for a lot of different reasons than you two, but I also take on board the reason I've had to score it down is that even though the villain was far, far more superior in power-wise, he was a little bit shit. And he was. If the battle had been with a with Ronan and the mm. Accuser and Ensemble, it probably would have had a bit more gravitas than a big planet. And because I know what the character looks like in real terms, it was a bit a bit shit. Okay. So I'm gonna put this above Captain Marvel because I enjoy Captain Mar- I enjoy Captain Marvel. I'm not having a poo. I'm just stretching. Um, I enjoyed Captain Marvel. So it's also going in at seven for you. Yeah. Bearing in mind, I've got like five, eight out of ten. So it's only a simple case of, you know, an equation. Mm. But Captain Marvel was good. I didn't like the fact that they were pushing and banging the drum of the strong female lead above and beyond what they needed to because it didn't need that. I liked this film because what it did do from a fanboy point of view is answer a few questions and um, deliberately introduce the original characters of the Guardians of the Galaxy so looking at it as a MCU fan and a comic fan I thought it hit both of those mm. it would have gone higher if it wasn't for the fact they were fighting a big fuck off planet <laughs> okay well, me and Laden seem to be on the same page there mm-hmm. we haven't finished yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. well, let's move on to the next day <laughs> let's, let's get rid of all that good blood dilute it ish do you want to kick us off with our debate okay so this is this is your current top 10 best marvel characters based on the films we've seen up to this point so bearing in mind there are future films some of the characters we've only rated based on our experiences up to this point and not where they go going forward so uh do you want to uh read uh, yeah do you want to read out your existing top 10 yeah and then who is slotting in and where okay so existing is one loki two rocket three star lord four black widow five iron man six thor seven nick fury eight thanos nine yondu ten new hulk okay are you making any changes to that Mm, yes oh right so, Loki is being moved down. Wow. What happened there? He wasn't cheeky enough. No, someone else has got the cheek. Rocket is going in at number one. Oh, you're such a copycat. <laughs> she just copied me. Shut Get your up. own ideas, you. Shut up. No, I didn't copy you. You totally did. <laughs> I, I did. picked Rocket as my number one last week. Yeah, well, I, Rocket was in my number two last week, but I think he's just excelled himself in this in this movie, so he absolutely has to go into number one. What, what kind of gave him that edge? Um, Above just, Loki. Honestly, the scene where he's fucking with the with Yondu's army, that it was absolutely hilarious for me. And he 
he's just stayed consistently good all the way through this for me so i, I love i love rocket number two uh drax is coming in okay drax was not in my list last week but he absolutely stood out for me in this movie so he's coming in at two that pushes loki down to number three wow okay which that's fine because we know that we're going to see more of Loki. So if he continues to be a strong character, he'll go back up. Do we? Number four is Groot. Yep. Because it was just brilliant. Hang on. You're going to have to tell us which Groot. Because we've established baby Groot. Baby Groot. Star Lords, therefore, coming in at number five. Iron Man, number six. Black Widow, number seven. Thor is at eight. Nick Fury is at nine. And Thanos is at ten. That is my new list. I mean, you just literally copied what I did last week. No, I didn't, though. All of, I, I, I went in big last week with the Guardians lot. Which I, I, I would genuinely stress, when I sat down to begin the recording of last the last episode, I had no inclinations that I was going to do that. Okay. I genuinely didn't. I genuinely didn't realise that I was going to give it 10 out of 10 as a movie. It was while we sat discussing the film, I realised that actually it was just amazing. But this film has made me realise how much I love humour in the Marvel, Marvel Universe films because I think that that's going a long way for me at this point. It was all about the baddies at the beginning, but... It, where we have baddies versus humour, humour definitely works better. Yeah. In okay. my ranking. So there you go. Right. Do you want to go next or shall I? Oh, no, you go next. All right. So my, my, my existing list, before I mess around with it, is number one was Rocket, the original person to pick Rocket as number one, <laughs> I hasten to add. Uh, number two was Star-Lord. Uh, number three was Drax. Uh, number four was uh, Groot 1, the original. Uh, number five was Captain America. Number six was Iron Man. Number seven was Black Widow. Number eight was Loki. Number nine was Thor. And number 10 was Yondu. So there were, admittedly, quite a lot of Guardians who leapt into that table. Mm. I am going to make a change to my list. Okay. I'm going to bump up Drax to number two. Okay. Yeah. Because, as I said at the outset of this episode, he was the MVP of this film and has to be recognised. Given he was already sitting third in my list, bumping him up to second wasn't a big deal, unlike some people who didn't have him in their list at all mm. before we he started. He came into his own in this film. He was brilliant in the first film. I think he was much better in this film, though. Whatevs. Um, and I'm going to put Baby Groot in at number three, because how could Baby Groot not go in? I, I think, apart from the fact he's cute, I just love the fact that he's just an angry little fucker <laughs> in yeah. every capacity and every way. Uh, which sadly means that Yondu drops into 11. Yeah. Oh, no. And I really thought, because of course this is the last chance for me to get Yondu into my top 10, I genuinely did ponder whether or not I wanted to bump him in. But the reality is, I know that he'll probably slip back out of it again in the future because yeah. there are characters I think are better than Yondu and, and I'd only be doing it for the sake of how good he was in this film not how good he is in the general scheme so I've left him where he is in 11th Dead. and it's a very well deserved 11th mm -hmm. but it's only 10 out of 10 isn't it so so what's your 10 look like now then 
So my top ten now is. So you, are you taking notes so you can copy it for the next? Shut show? up. Um, <laughs> number one, Rocket. Number two, Drax. Number three, Baby Crew. Number four, Star Lord. Number five, Original Group. Number six, Captain America. Number seven, Iron Man. Number eight, Black Widow. Number nine, Loki. Number ten, Thor. Do you know how similar our lists are now? Uh, yeah, I know, but I, I feel about I feel the reality is that that's the last Guardians film we've seen, and whilst they will appear in Future. films, I think this was for me probably the last chance for some of them to make a pitch for that top ten spot. Mm. Whether they remain until there. we get to twenty twenty three. Yeah, well, whether they remain there, we'll well, we'll see, won't we? Mm-hmm. Lay them now. Fuck it all up. Ish has copied me mercilessly. Off. It's now your turn to upset me mercilessly. <laughs> so, listeners, the exciting part of this thing that I like, and I know you two do too. My list of ten is number one, Iron Man, of course. Uh, number two, Bucky Barnes slash uh, Winter Soldier, of course. Number three, Loki. Number four, Talos. Number five, Red Skull. Number six, Aldrich Killian. <laughs> number seven, Star-Lord. Number eight, Travis Lattery. Number nine, Captain America. Number ten, Ronan the Accuser. And you don't need me to go on, do you? No. no. So I'm not going to add any to that list. Really? Yeah. I'm very happy with that list. So no Rocket, no Drax. No, I mean, I like Baby Groot. No Yondu. Well, I like Baby Groot, who's like, it's the equivalent of a small child with ADHD. <laughs> I... I... I'm happy to be grateful for that character, but not enough to be in my top ten. Very interesting. I don't need Drax. I mean, Drax and all the others bring a lot of sorrow to my team. I think those guys don't need to be distracted from being villainous by people going, I've been a bit upset me for me. I feel like you put Talos in because Talos was the lols, so it makes me surprised that Drax isn't in because he was giving the lols. Yeah, but Talos can shapeshift and have lols, so you can have a laugh. So I could have him. 10 into Drax and still give me the lols mm. you see what I've done there okay good defence your honour um, but yeah I'm not going to add anything to that in the, wow. in, in the interest of you know well a great list I mean on the basis Latham's done nothing to his list I should mention that I put Mantis in at 17 <laughs> um, I put Gamora and Nebula in at 27 and 28 respectively and I put Ego in at 34 do you just keep putting them all in I'm, I, I, I don't know I, I feel I feel I feel so like, the, wait the, lo- the latest on, on on Pollard's list is that we're now up to 46 Latham <laughs> of the top 10 <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah no but I'm only discussing the top 10 on here but I'm actually keeping a rank for my own benefit um, of which we are on eight. you are on 18 in total and I'm on 19 in total versus okay, so we're 46. more in sync yeah. than the entire MCU which, yeah I basically mean, are you hoping at some point they're going to get called upon to be back into <laughs> like enlisted back into the top 10 I mean the interesting thing about Mantis in fact from the comics she was actually at the wedding of Wanda Maximoff and Vision oh right no way just um, interesting I think if my memory serves however I didn't I could have included Mantis because it's a good character but has no value to me in a fight and it should you should stress that that's the basis of your list, isn't it? You've gone for bad people yeah. who win in a fight, I think, like I think Trevor Slattery. Oh my God! But he's the Mandarin who he's runs a massive. He runs a massive organization. People don't know he's not the Mandarin. He runs he's a massive organization. He's an actor, by the way. Runs a massive international group of terrorists. Or does he? He's the figurehead. Mm. I'm looking big picture. Well, we said very that myopic. it was Aldrich Killian in the last one, anyway. I mean, you've got twelve crossbones. He doesn't even have any superpowers. He's 
he's just a very angry, well-trained, military-minded man. <laughs> Which is no good against a superhero. It's not, but if I've got a lot of people... So if I've got the whole of the Ten Rings organisation because I've got the Mandarin in my list, you're all goosed, aren't you, let's be honest? And at 18, you've got Happy Hug, and where does he fit into this criteria? I would be sending him <laughs> to get some food. Is he the gopher? He is. I'd be, Make sure everyone had their nameplates on. Yeah, I'd be like, right, he needs a nameplate because <laughs> he's a shapelift, a shoplifter. He's a, he's a shapeshifter, and you won't know who he is. Yeah, yeah. And he needs a nameplate. It's very meticulous, that list. I'd like to do a top trumps on it. Your list, you've just not lifted anything on the table with your 64 characters. Well, no, I have, because I'm still I'm sticking to the top 10, and it's very difficult trying to decide who goes in that top 10 you've got 64 characters how many is in a tweet 180 and it's, it's going to get a lot more difficult as well mm. uh, the next film we've got on our list I think is Age of Ultron yes that's what's on our schedule well the interesting thing there is you two your lists are going to be massively saturated or should I say diluted well, we've dilated got, we, diluted we, we've got more people to meet haven't we in the second Avengers film yep have you seen well you haven't have you um, cool brilliant well let us know what your thoughts are on your top 10. In fact, even give us your top 10 Marvel characters up to this point. Uh, send it to the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk or direct message us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. It's at the two marks. Uh, give us a five-star rating for the show or give us some feedback. Um, Tell us how much Mark's list isn't great. Or how, or how much Ish has just simply copied mine. Have you got a sticker on the back of your phone? Of a flower? Oh my Oh God. my word. You're such a girl. Anyway, on that note. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh, and also Ishtar. <laughs> Excelsior! <laughs>